just like the rest of you, I'm squishing in too, folks. Merry, Merry Christmas and welcome to all of you. We're so excited that you're here. I want to just give you applause for getting here in the first place. My name is Kathy Connor and I am so honored to be one of the pastors at First Pres. You know, the angels came to shepherds who were just beat up by life, by burdens, by work, when the angels said to them, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. You know what I hope for you? I hope that God surprises you with good news that brings great joy to your heart in this next hour. We want you to understand that joy is a gift. Joy is the presence of God, and your soul was designed to thrive out of joy. For those of you who are here with us for the first time with First Pres, we are delighted that you would come, and we want you to know that we are here to serve you in any way that we can. We want you to also know that we are about real relationships with each other and with God, and we believe that when that happens, real transformation can start taking place in every part of your life. If you would, kindly fill out a Connect card after the service or later in the weekend. You have a lot on your mind right now. I get it. You can also access it um, with the QR code that you see right there. That way we can care for you, reach out to you and encourage you, pray for you, and more. Please pray with me now. Heavenly Father, your angel said joy to the world, and we need it. We need the joy that only you can give. In fact, we desperately need it, Lord. It is the joy of your presence in the midst of times that feel confusing, even dark and threatening, and yet we can experience joy because of you. And when we step into a trust with you, Lord, you give us so much more back than we could ever have imagined. Thank you for the joy of this room and everything about what it means to say, Emmanuel, God with us. It's real. You're real. Joy is a person. It's you, Jesus. In Christ's name we pray with so much gratitude and joy. Amen. There we go. All right. All right. Happy Christmas Eve, everybody. Let's stand together. Merry Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas.
Please be seated. We have the beautiful privilege of celebrating baptism with the Dunkel family this evening. How perfect on Christmas Eve as we celebrate Bethlehem's babe to celebrate the babes Seb and Sinny and Senna Annie. And we are excited to invite Becky and David to come forward bringing Seb and little Senna. And as they do, I want to welcome all the grandparents, Viv and John Howarth, who came all the way from England. This was timed perfectly, including the birth of the baby. You'll notice she's days old. And I want to welcome Susan and Drew Pellebay and David and Melissa Dunkel. And then all the godparents, Jen Eggleston and um, Mark Freeman, and then also Julius Barrett and Jamie Duran. All you cousins and aunts and uncles, we're so glad you're here to celebrate also. I always like to brag about people, so before I remind us of the meaning of baptism, I got to say something about the mother of that little girl right there. Sorry, Becky, I didn't get your permission. So Becky's a Brit, and her mom and dad and her siblings and all that, are, they're here. They came all the way over, so she just had to have the baby. <laughs> so she did. Now, she's a really bright person. She's an actuary by trade, but what she else she is, she came. The, she came to the United States to run at Butler University, and she's really fast. You've seen her picture on the paper because she, not, she didn't just run the Gasparilla. She won the Gasparilla. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so all of that is an on-ramp. All of that is an on-ramp to say she's a tough girl, and she can have a baby on time to get it baptized for Christmas Eve. <laughs> We are here for this phenomenal opportunity to stop and think about the meaning of the covenant of love that God has made with us. God will never break that covenant. And you and I get to choose to be people who surrender to God's love. And you sitting in this room today, this is cute and sweet and sentimental and all that, but you know what else? There's something serious going on. There's real presence in this water. And as we immerse symbolically this baby you get a chance to recommit yourself to your baptism vow. We're going to ask this man and this woman if they're going to trust Jesus with their life, and then are they going to help this baby, these babies grow up to trust Jesus, and they're going to say yes. But you get to do the same thing right now. Maybe for the first time, maybe you're re-upping after being away for a while. But the meaning of this is very real, and God is very present. Mm -hmm. So, Becky and David, as you present Seb and Senna, I want to ask you, this evening, do you claim that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? If so, say we do. 
Will you promise to teach your kids about Jesus and read scripture to them, pray for them, and pray with them? If so, say we will with God's help. And now I want to ask all of you, because you're like godparents too. You really are. You have a role to play. Your role is to pray for this family, support this family, and come alongside this family, raising these children so that one day, Seb and Senna will be able to say on their own, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. So for all of God's people who want to weigh in with their love and support in their prayers, say amen. <laughs> Sebby, come here, buddy. Okay, he's going to get away from me, but I'll do it. Okay, wait, let's. David, stand next to me and hold him, buddy. You hold him. Come here. Come here. You're right. He's good. I know. I know. You okay now? No? Okay. Sebastian, it's okay. It's okay. David, Dunkel, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, little guy. Can I have Santa Annie? Oh. Unlike Big Brother, Santa Annie is asleep. Okay. All right. Oh, no, she's not. She's awake now. Senna Annie Dunkel, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, if you'll walk over here together with us, look what God has done. This is all him. And you and I get the blessing of loving this family. If you're excited about what just happened, say yay. Yay. I just love jump roping, don't you? Oh, brings me all the way back to my childhood three years ago. <laughs> Speaking of childhood, can we have a lot of our children who feel comfortable come up and, and sit in front of this beautiful Christmas tree with me? We have more than 48 children here. So... If you feel comfortable, we're just going to squeeze in all together. Yes, hi, Wesley and Caitlin and Parker and Isla and Jed and new friend and Hadley and Bennett and Bailey 
and Nadia and another new friend and Bree and Caroline and another new friend and another Caroline. I love it. I love it. Okay, if you could like find a seat anywhere where you see a carpet. Yeah. Anywhere where you see a carpet. Oh, hi, Tina. Yes, anywhere where you can see a carpet. And I want you to turn and look at me. You don't need to look at the old people. Look at all of these faces. I am so happy you're here. How many of you like to jump rope? Like I was just doing, yeah? Have you ever heard the jump rope rhymes like Cinderella? Have you heard that? Or maybe you know Teddy Bear, Teddy Bear, turn around, right? Yeah? Some of you? Okay, well, your parents know these, okay? <laughs> okay, come on now. I don't know what the new ones are. But every time I jump rope, okay, like right now, my heart is like, oh, okay, I don't get much cardio, but when I do, my heart just beats really fast, okay? Have you ever had that feeling? Maybe not when you're jump roping or doing sports, but there's another time you may feel this way. Maybe when you're super duper 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 crazy excited about something. Can you share a time with me, nobody else is listening, don't worry. A time when you were so super duper crazy excited that your heart was like, can somebody raise your hand and, and tell me a time? Anytime, anytime. Yes, what's your name? Jake, tell me a time when your heart was racing like that. Like when I do sports sometimes. When you do sports, for sure, and also like maybe if you get a touchdown or a home run, you don't play football, but something, and it makes you really excited. What sport do you play? So cool, like when it, maybe you made a goal or a good play, and you just get so excited, and your heart's racing. Caroline. When I go on my scooter. When you go on your scooter, yes. Maybe you're so excited to go on that scooter. Anytime that you just felt pure excitement, and your heart is just racing. Okay, Finley, use your teacher voice. When you got an interception in, in flag football, whoa, that is so cool. Jean Ann. When I was playing the when in during when I was playing soccer and kicked him for a goal. Wow, we have a lot of athletes around here. Did any, has anybody felt excited not playing sports that it still made your heart pound? <laughs> Bennett? When I ate too much candy on Halloween. Okay, when you ate too much candy on Halloween. <laughs> yeah, totally. That might have something to do with the sugar. Okay, one more. Nadia. When my baby brother was born. I mean, I couldn't have planned that any better. <laughs> when her baby brother was born. Yes, there are times in our lives that we get so excited and maybe today's a special day like Christmas Eve right and, and your heart might be racing a little bit faster when you go to bed right and then when you wake up in the morning it's so exciting have you ever heard the phrase jumping for joy okay some of you have some of you not but it means that you are so excited that you can hardly contain yourself you are jumping for joy well I started thinking about some people in the Bible that I imagine were jumping for joy before that very first Christmas. Mary, for example, 
Mary, when the angel Gabriel came down and said, you are going to be a mother to the son of God. Do you think her heart might have started pounding a little bit? Just a little, right? What? Why? So many feelings going on here. But joy was one of them. And I imagine that inside she was jumping for joy. Mary had a cousin, Elizabeth. Does anybody here have an older cousin, maybe? Older cousin around? Okay. So Mary had an older cousin named Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was another important part of this Christmas story. Because she was also told that she was going to have a baby. Well, Elizabeth was a little bit older. Kind of like grandma's age. Okay? She had been waiting forever to have a baby. So imagine her shock when she was told she was going to have a baby. Show me what her face might have looked like. Yeah, Lorelai. But like, I imagine she was jumping for joy inside and her heart was racing and her cheeks probably hurt from smiling so much. And next, okay, Elizabeth's baby in her tummy. Super important guy. His name was John the Baptist. And John, have you heard of John the Baptist? Right? You guys are like this. Okay. John the Baptist was in Elizabeth's tummy, and he was Jesus' cousin. He was going to make the way for Jesus. And the Bible tells us that when Mary walked into the room to visit her cousin one day, John the Baptist jumped in Elizabeth's stomach. Like, moved a lot and jumped. And I imagine that's John the Baptist jumping for joy inside. He wasn't even born yet to get ready for Jesus who was to come. And lastly, we have the shepherds, those sweet shepherds in the field at night, caring for their flock. An angel came to them and said, fear not. Have you heard that before? A baby is going to be born. And sure, some were a little scared. And sometimes you might feel a little scared first. But then came that great joy. In fact, they jumped at the chance to go find that new baby lying in a manger. And I imagine they were jump, jumping for joy. In fact, I think they jump roped all the way to Bethlehem. What do you think? Okay. So I want, before we end our special time, I want you to stand up and I'm going to teach you a special new jump rope rhyme. We are going to have invisible jump ropes for now. But then I'm sending you home with your own jump rope so you can continue jumping for joy. So here's what we're going to do, okay? We're going to do pretend jumping. And I'm going to teach you this song, rhyme. And when you hear me start to count, you're going to turn back to your parents and you're going to jump all the way back to your seat while you're counting. <laughs> do it for me. Do it for Jesus. Okay, are you ready? The jump rope, I will give it to you at the end on your way out, so don't forget. Okay. Okay, you already have one. You need one. Okay, I got it. All right, are you ready? Okay, this is to the rhythm of Cinderella dressed in yellow, but it's even better. Are you ready? Get ready to jump. Let me tell ya about a fella who was born in Bethlehem. Makes no mistakes and saves by grace. How many of us know his name? 
One, two, yeah, go back. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Keep going. Don't hit that. Twelve, thirteen. And remember, jump for joy at the news of Jesus Christ this Christmas and all year long. I need a jump rope just to get past the cords up here. I know you feel like this. I am so excited about giving gifts tomorrow morning to family members and friends. I, I so want them to, to feel the love and care that I have for them. I know you do too. I want it to be something that they enjoy, but mostly I want them to feel my heart for them. Well, Jesus felt the very same way. In Matthew 7, Jesus said, If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? Well, he hears the hearts of those who are asking. And I just want to thank you in advance for being a conduit for our heavenly Father to give good gifts into the lives and hearts of those you'll have an impact on when you give. Here are five ways that you can give back to God, including baskets that will be going around as you are the hands and feet of Jesus, having an impact in our community. Please sing with me now as the baskets go. Jesus lay down his sweet head. 
will you please stand with us as we continue to sing? Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from Yo! 
How about this in here, crammed in here? There's about 530 people in here or something like that. And we, we're, hey, this is just awesome. And we baptized a baby at the country club. How about that? <laughs> Two of them. Yeah, you don't get to do that every day. So, <laughs> so it, it is, it's just great to be able to say Merry Christmas. And we want, I want, you want, we want to have an experience of the goodness of God that's real. And that's what I want to happen in the next few minutes as it has already been happening. And, and I'm, I want to just make, it, make you aware of the fact that I prepared and I was studying, I was reading one of the people, a really good scholar who's trustworthy and reliable. And it turns out, as we think about the details of the birth of the baby, things that a lot of people think they know, but it turns out from this particular scholar that the baby Jesus totally ignored the gifts from the wise men and only played with the empty boxes they came in. <laughs> Not ever real serious, but a little more seriously, if you ask me what I think most people know about the birth story of Jesus, what, what feature or detail might be most familiar? The answer I would give you would be the manger. It's the bassinet that the baby was in. It's the Christmas crib. You with me? It is the most famous animal feeding trough in all history. This thing. And we're all pretty familiar about that. And, and the question we want to ask is, why does Luke... And we're going to read from Luke. Luke is one of the four Gospels. Gospels are sort of like biographies. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And why does Luke mention this manger three times in just a short paragraph or two right here in chapter 2? Three times he mentions it. And the reason is this. Two reasons. The manger is Google Maps for the shepherds. They know they found the right kid. But also, and importantly, when the shepherds say you're going to find the kid in a manger, which is an animal feeding trough, when they find that to be the case, the shepherds now are given this scary angel, the cred that the angel deserves. The angel knows what he's talking about, this scary being. And so, and so what we want to do is this. What I want you to do and what I want us all to do is I want us to listen in to what the messenger, the angel, is saying to the shepherds because he's saying the same thing to you and me tonight as we await the birth of the baby. So we look at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And here's what the messenger is saying to the shepherds. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, that is to the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them. Now, you hear it in King James English, but some of you may have, may have watched the Charlie Brown Christmas. You picking up on this? Nope. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. The angel is bringing us good news that will cause great joy for all the people, all of us. 
And I, I'm thinking to myself, well, great news? What kind of great news? And I, I think in my life and I think in the room, there'd be people who would say there's gratif- they, they feel gratified. There's, there's good news in your life. And I thought about two things particularly that are really I'm grateful for and are really great news to me. And that's this. One of them is people who were far from God. And by some kind of a set of events and miracles, really, they have returned and come closer to God. That's great news to me. And that's happening. And another piece of great news that I see, just one of a couple, is, is healing of people who found themselves in broken spaces in life. And those are, those are good things. But some others in the room might be thinking great news that will cause joy for all people. I, some, uh, some people in our family right now today in this room, they don't feel great news at all. They feel like unbelievable, unspeakable tragedy. The last 15 days have been really, really hard because of the two teenagers that were killed on the motorcycle. And for those who are involved in that, was that good news? Great joy? Maybe not. The year has been challenging. Stress is at an all-time high, and we need good news, but not maybe all of us are experiencing. Maybe we don't all feel that. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to realize that for Christmas, for the birth, this manger animal trough is pointing us towards God, and God is speaking directly to you and me tonight. And that's what I want you and I want me to listen for. What is God saying? And Christmas is really, really great news. But let me tell you what isn't the great news. The great news isn't the huge cultural festival that we all enjoy. Think about it. And I really enjoy it. I mean, I've got a few extra LBSs sporting right in here and barely got these new britches on is what I'm trying to say. Check out the socks. You know, we have food. We have parties. We have visiting with friends. We have music. We have this fantastic celebration that we've gotten really good at. And I started on November 1st with the Christmas music in my car. Don't hate me. But that's not the good news that will cause great joy for all the people. That stuff is fine, but that's not anywhere near as good as what's coming. That's not it at all. And so the the million-dollar question is, what is the good news that will cause great joy for all the people? For all the people. If you're here tonight because you got nudged, it's for you. If you've been to 75 New Year's Eve services in your life, it's for you. It's for everybody, all the people. No matter what language you speak, what color your skin, who you voted for, who you hang out with, it's for all the people of all time this great good news is. Yes, it's for everybody. And it's fair enough to ask, well, how can some baby born... 2,000 years ago in some backwater little village, how can that have any great good news that has an impact on my life, on our lives? How could it possibly have an impact on an ICU nurse today? Or an insurance underwriter? Or a single mom? Or a college student? How could that good news have any impact on us? And here's what I want you to understand. With the birth of the baby in that manger, heaven right now is clearing its throat and speaking directly to you 
and to me. And one of the things that is great about the good news is this. God is with us. That's one of the messages. God is with us. And we look quickly at a text out of Scripture, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Now, I want you to look at the word Emmanuel. The E-L on the end of it, this is a Hebrew name, a Hebrew word. The, the E-L on the end of it in Hebrew is God. You with me? The N-U right before it is a Hebrew pronoun, us. The, all the letters before that mean with. God is a with us God. That's good news that we need to hear. Really good news. He's not a faraway God. He's not a disconnected God. No, he's not. He's not a watching from the distance while we live in our struggles God. He's not an apathetic, I don't care God. He's not a heartless God. This is a God who is with us. And this is great good news. We don't have to try to fight to get to God to be religious enough or good enough or keep all the things that we're supposed to do right. That's not what we're... God has come to us. It's not about us fighting to be right enough to be in God's presence. God has worked his way back to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. In our pain, in our frustration, in our anger, in our anxiety, in our confusion, in our depression. In our dorm room, when we're wondering what's next, he's with us. In the doctor's office, when you just heard the diagnosis, he's with us. Sitting with an attorney as the divorce is finalized, he's with us. Sitting home alone, wondering if I matter to anybody, Emmanuel, he is with us. Wrestling with an addiction, he's with us. Feeling like a failure, he is with us. Emmanuel, are you wondering if you're loved? Are you wondering if you're valued, Emmanuel, God is with us. God has made the journey, the long trip from to get to us, from heaven to earth, the creator to the creation. Emmanuel, God with us. The immortal becomes an infant, God is with us. The eternal steps into our here and now. Yes, God is with us. The author of all creation is speaking into your story. Emmanuel, God is with us. That's great news that causes joy. So one way that we hear great news that will cause great joy for all people 
God is with us. There's another way. God will save us. We go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. And this is the same angel speaking now to Joseph, Mary's betrothed. And this angel is telling Joseph what's going to happen and telling Joseph something to do. Watch what happens. She, that is Mary, will give birth to a son. And you are to call him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, names used to be given in those days as a way of sorting, giving, of, of, of transferring identity. Now, I don't know if you've ever looked up your name to know what it means and whether or not your identity has actually anything to do with what your name is. But my name, one of them, I have five. I won't go through them all. We don't have enough time. But I have one name that I go by, Fitz. F-I-T-Z, not Fritz, Fitz. And Fitz means son of. But really, if you look, Fitz means illegitimate son of royalty. You can laugh. Think about that one a minute. Some royal named James. Here I am. The derivation of names in those days had to do with identity. So let's talk for a minute about Jesus. In English, Jesus. The Greek version that from which we, we come from Greek to Jesus, the Greek way of saying Jesus' name is Jesus. The Hebrew way that Greek Jesus is saying the Hebrew Yeshua. You know what Yeshua means? The name of Jesus, we go Yeshua, Jesus, Jesus, Yeshua. It means God saves. Jesus' name is his identity, is his task, is his job. What, I, I don't know about you. I think you're probably like I am. You need saving. I need saving. Oh. I tried. I tried to get to God. I tried to be good enough. I tried to be religious. I tried to get it all right. I tried and tried and tried and tried and tried to save myself. And every time I try, and every time I tried, I failed. I fall short. I always mess things up. And, it, and so Jesus... Jesus, Yeshua, God saves. I need saving. And it's not about this, it's not the good, it's not about rules. It's not about restrictions. It's not about regulations. It's not about don't do this and don't have that and don't be with them and don't say that and do this and read your Bible and be nice and go and let people see it. It's not about all of that. That's not what it's about, friends. I need help. You need help. What it's about is this. When you find yourself in the darkest, deepest hole, you don't need somebody pointing at you, telling you what you need to do to get out. What you need 
is somebody who will roll up their sleeves and yell down to you, I'm coming to get you. Great good news that will cause joy for all people. That's what we hear tonight. That's what the manger points to is Jesus who breaks into your life and breaks into my life, never leaves us and rescues us. And I'm going to jump down into this hole right now because we're going to experience together the meaning of this in communion. The body of Jesus. He took bread when he was with his senior leadership team. You know them as the apostles. And he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. I am with you. I have chosen to suffer with all humanity. He also took a cup. This cup has grape, uh, has grape juice. That cup would have had wine. He said, this cup represents my blood, which is spilled for you. I'm coming into that deep, dark hole, and I'm getting you out. That's what's going on here, friends. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we're accepting the gift of life, of new life. Maybe for some in the room for the first time, maybe some are coming back. Maybe some of you have been receiving this gift for nine decades. God is with us. God saves us. We need this good news. Let me pause to give you the kind of the business plan of how we're going to do this. Ushers, don't come yet ushers, don't come yet elders, but ushers and elders are going to staff the tables and everybody's going to be directed to the communion elements and you're going to return to your seat and they look like this. Do, do not take them until I lead us. When everyone has gotten up and gotten one and returned to their seat, and then I will remind us again of the meaning of this. Make sense? So you're going to be directed in just a moment on when to get up and make your way and back. The other thing I'll say is there are gluten-free elements at every single one of the five tables in the room, so you're okay there. You with me? So ushers, if you would take your places to direct people. If elders, you would go to the tables that you've been assigned to and I'm going to move over to mine so we're ready to direct it looks like Y'all don't be hugging each other as you make your way around the room. Y'all get to move. We take all night. Back to the chairs.
my mom. My friends, I think we are almost ready to have an encounter with the risen Jesus together. So we know how the story ends. We go from an animal feeding trough to a life that's lived, taught, teaching, healing, ministry. We go to a suffering and death only to get to a resurrection. That's what we celebrate tonight. This is great, good news. Born into your life and born into mine tonight. You may have one of these with a purple lid. The, the bread you'll find is on the first layer when you open that. You may have one of the other ones. So, friends, opening the bread first, this is the body of Jesus. God is with you. And opening now the section of which has grape juice. We're reminded that this is the blood that Jesus shed for us. He's dug into the hole and he's helping us out. You will, you will find bowls on the floor if you'll pass them back and forth to deposit the... My friends, could I invite you to stand? You, you were given a glow stick. We're gonna, we cannot light 530 candles and drip wax all over the floor, so we have glow sticks instead. Let me invite you now to crack it, and we're going to sing Silent Night.
My good friends, as we leave here tonight, celebrate in the goodness of knowing that God is with you and that God has rescued you. And we, therefore, are people with real joy. Go in peace to love and enjoy God. And we're out of here. The shepherds kept their wonder when low above the earth ring out the angel chorus that's held our Savior's birth. Go tell it on the mountain. That blessed Christmas morn Go tell it on the mountain Over the hills and everywhere Go tell it on the mountain That Jesus Christ is born Go tell it on the mountain Go tell it on the Christmas, everyone.